Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Jackie Finneman. Jackie is a 30-year family counsel turned parenting coach and founder of Hello World and No Problem Parenting as well as the host of No Problem Parenting Podcast. Jackie's passion is supporting parents to become the confident leader your kids crave you to be by turning any behavior into a no problem. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Jackie. Well, thank you for having me, Rhonda. This is so fun. It is. We're going to have a fun journey together. Tell the audience what inspired you to become a family counselor, then a parenting coach. Well, you know, neither of those things were on my radar growing up. I was always helping people, loved babysitting, loved helping kids. I think I was babysitting at the age of nine. You know, some of the kids were even older than me that I was watching, but their parents didn't trust them to be home alone. Um, And then my mom was a daycare provider until all of us kids were in school. And then she started working in our local school district as a paraprofessional for kids with special needs. And Um, some of those kids, she would actually do respite care for on weekends. And so I learned a lot about the world of, you know, kids who were nonverbal kids who maybe, um, didn't look the same as me or talk the same as me, um, or, you know, just had different, uh, disabilities. Um, and I was drawn to those kiddos. I loved watching my mom and learning from her. So I really thought after high school that when I entered college, I would go I'd pursue a degree in special ed. You know, I was going to be a special education teacher. But shortly into uh, my career in college, I was working part time jobs as a paraprofessional in the school system. And also, um, I was hired to watch some kiddos after school to provide some after school care for them. And these were kids with Down syndrome or, you know, autism, uh, different things like that. And, and then I was asked to watch um, to help out with a kiddo who had reactive attachment disorder. And I was like, what's reactive attachment disorder? I have no idea what that is. And um, so I went to the library and public library and looked it up on microfiche because of course there was no Google back then. This is like 1993-ish. And uh, and I was like, whoa, this diagnosis is extreme. Like on the severe end, it's people like Charles Manson. You know, Charles Manson was in 25 foster homes by the age of 10. You know, how could he possibly develop a conscience or learn to trust people that people were good and kind and and all that? So I thought, no way, I'm not working with what do I have to offer this 10-year-old girl who's, you know, got this severe diagnosis. So I turned the family down. 
uh, or turn the my supervisor down when she asked me. And then the fourth time she called to ask if I would work with this this family, I said, well, maybe she knows something about me and my skills that I don't know. So I I talked with the stepmom and I entertained uh, you know the conversation and I thought, well. It sounds like some pretty bizarre, you know, big behaviors this girl is having, but I'm, I'm going to meet with them. I'm going to give it a try. And uh, I know more than walked on the wooden porch of the family's home to go in and knock on the door. Uh, the fam- parents opened the door and they said, here she is. She's all yours. We're going out for a break. And this beautiful 10 year old girl is standing there and, I'm, you know, kind of red in the face and. And uh, looked like she just got done running around outside or something. But I thought, well, geez, no wonder this girl has problems. You know, her parents are super strict and intense. Well, I would later learn after about 45 minutes, the parents came in and put her to bed and we sat on the couch and talked and they shared with me all of the rageful tantrums she she had and the rejection of any traditional parenting techniques and just all the things that they had endured because this girl had been neglected by her birth mom uh, her entire first year of life and so i was fascinated i thought how could this cute little kiddo be so misbehaved and hurtful um so that got me curious and introduced me to the world of mental health and I changed my career track in uh college to learning all things psychology and mental health and I worked with that family for about a year and she the, the girl had been in residential facilities she had you know 13 diagnostic assessments and lots of therapists and in and out and people that could help and couldn't help and parents were being judged and i mean it was just a, it was a really long year of learning but that really got me so intrigued that i started shadowing therapists and uh therapeutic foster homes in other states that specialized in the diagnosis and i was i was all in and so i tried to learn more at college uh, ask me, asking my professors, you know, what happens when kids don't attach and really wanted to learn more about that. But one professor really um, challenged me, embarrassed me when I asked a question in a room of a hundred other students. And I think I kind of nicked his ego a little bit because he wasn't sure about the diagnosis and didn't know. And, um, and so he really embarrassed me and, you know, belittled me. And I left college. I thought, you know what? I don't need a degree. I don't want to be a therapist. I just want to help parents like this family in the day in, day out challenges within their home. And uh, and so in the area that they lived, they didn't have the resources that they needed to help her. So they left and moved to another state. And then I was out of a job and I was like, now what do I do? And so um, one of the therapists that had helped the family asked me, if I would be um, interested in working for their her the agency that she worked at. And I was like, well, I'd love to, but I don't have a degree. I haven't finished. And now I've left college. And she said, well, how many hours of experience do you have? And I thought, what do you mean? Like who counts hours of experience? I had, you know, that wasn't on my radar. I was like 22 years old. And well, we went back and looked and I had over 9,000 hours of supervised Uh, mental health experience between the school district and this agency and working with this girl. So I got the job and uh, became a mental health practitioner with supervision of a license of licensed professionals. And um, yeah. And so that, that was awesome. I felt very grateful. Yeah. Very grateful to have that job. But then, uh, and I worked at that company for 20 years, the last 10 I spent as a 
as a program coordinator and administrative um, uh, coordinator for over 80 therapists in counties and a 32, you know, county radius in, in Minnesota and driving three to 5,000 miles a month and doing our county contracts and, you know, starting mental health programs and head starts and just lots of things. But the system started to change on me and, and really drastically in the last five years that I was there. And kids were required to have a mental health diagnosis in order for me to work with them. And I, it just didn't sit right with me. Now I'm not against diagnosing, obviously, you know, if you have cancer, you want to know it's cancer because you don't want to be treating it for heart disease. So if you have attachment disorder, you want to know it's attachment disorder. So you're not treating it for, you know, ADHD. So diagnoses are okay. I just didn't, I, I know that not every child has a diagnosis and I know that there's more to therapy than just the therapeutic process with the child or the parent, we need support at home to be able to be validated and acknowledged so that kids um, feel supported by the parents and really, uh, and, and, and that that's my shtick. I say that parents crave their, our kids crave their parents' leadership or incompetence, right? Mm-hmm. So I know it's kind of a long story, but then I, after 20 years, I decided I needed to do something else. I was working way too much. I wasn't going to be around to see my son in his actor after school, you know, activities and things, but I thought, what in the world would I do? I don't have my degree, you know, it's 20 years later and I just never finished it. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? Well, so that's the thing that, uh, when I didn't know what to do if I left this 20 year career, right? I didn't know that. I didn't even know what a parenting coach was. I didn't have, I never intended to become an entrepreneur. Didn't think that that I was capable of such a thing. Right. But my extraordinary discovery came when I started wondering and being curious about what was next for me. And, uh, and that all started at a leader cast conference, a telecast conference that I attended back in 2012, I was there to learn, you know, more skills about how to help manage my teams, you know, the clinical teams and the self-managed teams that we had in the agency. But during the intermission of this event, and it was telecast and, you know, I'm in Minnesota, it was in Georgia, but these, um, there was an intermission and there were these children dancers, silhouette dancers. So their ages like four to 16, and they were dancing to a song on a black screen, shaping their bodies, forming their bodies, connecting their bodies into words like faith and hope and believe and, and into hearts and birds. And, you know, just all these, it was a great performance, but they were doing this dance to the song called hello world by Lady Antebellum. Now I'd heard that song at the time. It was fairly new, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really hear it in the same way that I did at the conference that day. And here I am just totally enmeshed in this performance and tears are streaming down my eyes because it was so beautiful. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. Every time I tell the story, I get goosebumps uh, talking about it. And, um, and so the, the performance ends and here I am sitting in the middle, you know, front row, front table and, you know, 300 business people in this leader cast workshop. Right. And I've got tears, just my face is soaking mm-hmm. wet mm-hmm. and I'm wiping my tears and I'm a little embarrassed. And, yeah. and, and then, uh, you know, just like, get it together, Jackie. And, and here the host of the conference handed out a slip of paper and she said, write down three goals. 
that you hope to achieve after attending this conference. And they're going to mail them back to us a couple months later. Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote a personal goal. I wrote a professional goal. And then the third goal I wrote was someday when I have the courage, I'm going to leave this 20 year career, 18 years at the time that I love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to call it hello world. And its mission is going to be awakening family attachment. Wonderful. So what happened? So this conference was on a Friday. Well, of course, by Monday, it's status quo, right? Like, what the heck am I thinking? You know, who am I to start a company? I have no idea how that works or what I would all need to do, even though I was in an upper management level position and I was you know, doing all the things for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to start that or create that. So I just went on with, you know, like, whatever, Jackie, this isn't going to happen. But then a few months in, a few months later, I was sitting in my home office and, and I heard this tap, tap, tap on my, on my window behind me. And I just kind of ignored it. And then I heard tap, tap, tap again. I turned around and here there was this beautiful yellow goldfinch with a, like a black mask Mm -hmm. and was perched on the windowsill, kind of turning his head back and forth, looking at his reflection, you know, in the window. Mm -hmm. And it was just so beautiful. I paused for this moment and I got like, I just kind of broke down almost right in, in, in my office by myself. And here I said, I know mom, I was talking to the goldfinch as if it was my mom who had yeah. passed eight years prior. Uh, I know I need to do something different, but I don't know what, I don't know how. And so I just had this little moment with the goldfinch, right? The next day I had to drive to our, our main office, which is about an hour from my home. And I went to uh, my friend, Pam, colleague, Pam, and I said, Hey, Pam, you're never going to guess what happened to me yesterday. I tell her about the goldfinch. And she's like, Jackie, we have to look that up. There's a spiritual meaning or message that the goldfinch is sending you. I was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I did, I entertained it, right? She looked up the goldfinch and it says that the goldfinch is there to uh, help you awaken to nature spirits, help you with endurance in transitioning from physical to spiritual, aids in understanding the power of your voice and your own song. The goldfinch teaches the value and importance of changes, healthy family resolutions, along with balance and harmony in dealing with people. The goldfinch will teach you to awaken to once hidden choices. Oh, I was like, amazing. What? That's so cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I kind of thought about that. I'm like, well, maybe this is a sign. You know, I've been praying. I've been saying, show me the way. What do I mm-hmm. do? Yes. Um, but again, got in my car, back on the road for a 300-mile day, kind of put it out of my mind. And then a few weeks later, sitting on uh, my chair in my living room, having my morning coffee, it's a gloomy, misty day. I got my son and my husband off to work and I turn and look and there's an owl perched on my deck. We had, we live in the country. I hadn't seen a goldfinch before and I definitely hadn't seen an owl, but I looked, I thought it was like an ornament on my deck. Um, it turned its head all the way around. And again, I was able to snap a picture of it with my Blackberry phone. That dates the story. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I got the picture of the goldfinch and the owl. And then I thought, hmm, I should go look that up. Now Pam's got me curious. So I did. And I went to see what the owl was 
you know, maybe sent what message the owl was sending me. Yes. Well, when the owl shows up in your life, listen and look out for the subtle signs that are around you. Owl is a great helper to be attentive to what usually goes below your radar, but is now of particular importance. The owl is there to uncover your hidden potential and abilities. Check whether you need to reveal more of your intuitive nature. You know, by this point, I had been thinking about, well, how do you start a company? What would I call myself? I'm not licensed. I don't want to do therapy. You know, could I just help parents? What what would that look like? You know, and would people pay for it? And I'd been entertaining this a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, realistically, logically, could this happen? So life just kind of went on. And then another few weeks in. I saw a little baby fawn outside my window. I was having a kind of a bad day and I went to the window to look for a goldfinch because I was thinking I need some inspiration right now, but I didn't see a goldfinch. I saw a baby fawn and it was the fall of the year and Mm -hmm. it was not common to have baby fawns with spots on them uh, in the fall, much less without a, a mother nearby. And so I went and looked up what the fawn's message was for me. And the fawn uh, is there to remind you, it's often a sign not to be too hard on yourself, to still the voice of the self-critic and treat yourself with gentleness and understanding, to be yourself and continue along your path, seek out your inner treasures and use them generously to help those around you. Trust that kindness and graciousness will be well-received. The deer is a messenger of serenity and can see between shadows and hear what isn't being said teaches us to maintain our innocence and gentleness so we can share our open-heartedness with others. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Really cool. Right. So all of this was very inspirational. It made me feel good in the moment. And still I was like, unsure. Could I, could I do this now? Part of the story that I missed is, uh, the, the three goals that I wrote down from that workshop, you know, um, uh, the hello world song was really important to that. Right. So I was going to start a company. I was going to call it hello world and its mission was going to be awakening attachment. Well, right here in the, the messages that these animals are sending me, they're talking about awakening. They're talking about attachment. They're saying family resolution. So it's all kind of coming together, right? Still, it wasn't enough for me. It's like I needed a two by four, right? Sometimes so, we do though, Jackie. Right, yes, right. We do. Yes. So I got a two by four for my eight-year-old son. So one day he came to me and he said, mom, are you okay? You look kind of sad. And I said, well, buddy, I'm really not happy at work. And I'm feeling like I want to do something else. And I don't know what, and I've been praying to God to give me a sign or to tell me if this is the the skills, tell me if this is the right thing to do. Can I leave this agency and start my own company to help parents? And so I showed him the picture of the owl and the picture of the goldfinch and the picture of the deer. And I said, I just don't know if it's God telling me I should do this or not. And he said in his eight-year-old voice, duh, mom, of course it's God. And I said, but Andrew, how do you know? And he said, well, G is for goldfinch, O is for owl, and D is for deer, and that spells God. (laughs) I mean, is that incredible or what? 
So it was a fall down on my knees moment. I'm a spiritual person person. I'm not a, you know, Bible waiver or anything. I don't, uh, you know, I read the Bible and I don't, but I, I, I don't always know how to interpret it into modern day times and things like that. But it was literally just as the song hello world says, uh, when the empty disappears, I remember why I'm here. Just surrender and believe I fall down on my knees. Hello world. So I talked to my husband and I said, honey, this is what I want to do. And he said, well, if you can figure it out, go for it. So, you know, that was all the support I was going to get and all I needed to hear from him. So I went to my director and resigned my position, gave him enough time to find somebody to replace me. And in November of 2013, I started Hello World. And now that's what I do. I help I help parents. And initially, the first three years of the company, I was just helping families who had children who were suffering from breaks in attachment or attachment disorder. But about four years into the company, people were saying, well, if you can help those families, why can't you help me with my parenting challenges? And I thought, well, I don't know, because I have parenting challenges too, you know, with my mm-hmm. kiddos. So who am I to be the expert for, you know, of all things parenting? But I entertained it. And then um, about a year or so into seeing any family, I started to notice some common themes mm-hmm. of what I was saying to them. And so I went back and looked at hundreds of hours of uh, uh, virtual sessions. This is long before COVID. Um, I was doing virtual sessions to save families time and money. Um, and I looked at those sessions and I pulled out those three common themes. And from that, I created No Problem Parenting. Wonderful. Yeah. So no problem parenting is just three steps. Seek first to understand why is my child behaving the way they're behaving and Mm -hmm. why am I responding or reacting as we typically do when we're caught off guard, right? Yes. Uh, To my child. And then step two is to prepare for the worst. We can't always be prepared. Life throws us curveballs. Our kids certainly do. But there are those day in, day out behaviors mm-hmm. that we know are going to happen. So yes. we can be prepared for those behaviors so that we respond as confident leaders instead of reacting. Um, and then uh, step three is to change the conversation. I believe we're giving our kids way too much unconditional praise, so much so that they don't believe it themselves. And so I teach parents how to give conditional factual praise that the child can really believe in. And then you can pour on some unconditional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, for our audience that's, that are, that's listening, um, what would be a conditional praise? So you might say something like, you know, if your child comes to you and says, I don't have any friends, you know, our, our inclination is to say, of course you do, honey, you You have lots of friends. That's what we say. Right. Right. But instead we pause and we say, Hmm, I wonder why you might be thinking that. I wonder why you might be feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of pause and wait. And then you say, well, I've noticed that when you, and point out some of the things, kind things, nice things, um, reciprocal things that they've done, factual things that they've done. You know, I noticed that you helped your friend pick up their toys so that you could go outside and play with them faster. That's something a friend would do. I think you're a good friend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can point out that factual stuff. Instead of just saying, you look nice today, you might say, I like the way you tucked your shirt in. You look nice today. 
Um, if our kids don't believe they're a good friend or they look nice or they're smart, it doesn't matter how much we try to convince them. Mm-hmm. In fact, some kids will do more things to convince us otherwise, you know, just yes. um, to, to prove themselves. Um, um, and, and so we, we don't need to be coddling them. We don't need to be convincing them. We need to just be leading them, guiding them, acknowledging them where they're at, and then giving them some suggestions and ideas of how to make their situation improve. Mm-hmm. We are their first leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so uh, for our audience, what are some unconditional uh, praising? Unconditional praise is saying things like you're great, you're smart, you're beautiful, I love you. You know, those are unconditional. Um, yes. But again, and those are all great. We want to say those things to our yes. kids, you know, um, but we don't want to convince them if they don't feel that way or if they're not accepting of that praise. That's where the conditional comes in. We wouldn't conditionally love our children, but we might need to share with them a conditional fact about why we love them. Something Mm -hmm. tangible that they can go, oh, I guess, yeah, you're right. Or that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I see why you feel that way or you think that way of me. I love that. And it's simple um, when you think about it, really. And it's so encouraging for parents to know that there's two different ways and they can start using that today in their household to affect their children. And I love that. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Symatrex. And today we are speaking with Jackie Finneman. Let our audience know how they may reach out to you, Jackie. Well, the best way is my website. They can go to no problem parents with an S on the end there.com to learn more about me. There's a contact page, my podcast link, resources, join our community. We make it very cost effective to get the online course to learn how to become the confident parent your kids crave you to be. Join our no problem, join our no problem parenting community. Mm-hmm. So is it based? Is it any child? Do you help any child? Let's say we uh, a parent right now has a child who it has behavioral problems, um, and they just don't know how to fix it, and they don't know where to go to get help because uh, they don't realize that they themselves are trying to fix their their child from their mindset and how they think it should work, and so instead of looking for a new way, they just reinforce what they've been continuing to reinforce and the behavior becomes bigger. Can you help parents that are struggling with that type of issue? Yeah, absolutely. I am here for any parent that is beating their head against a wall. Like, why won't my kid listen to me? Why is my child rejecting me? We find that a lot with the attachment, uh, breaks an attachment and that kind of thing. So I've helped kids who have uh, killed, who have harmed animals. I've helped kids who are just wet noodling on the floor of the grocery store. Um, But I actually, actually with my parent coaching, I'm helping the parent. So about, I don't know, 80, 85% of the time, I never meet the kids. I never even Mm -hmm. see your kids. I'm here to teach you what I know so that I can tweak your responses. I can help you just 
kind of figure out why things aren't working and how to make them work and ease your mind and acknowledge and validate you, you are the best leader for your child. It may not feel like that all the time, especially when our kids are bad back talking us or um, not doing what we're wanting them or needing them to do, but you are the best leader for your child. Much like the expert or the owner of a business, you don't yes. have to be the expert in every area of your no. business to be the president of your business, right? But um, there are people out there that you can reach out to that are experts in a certain topic or behavior, and uh, you can learn from them and then still run your business or your family. Awesome. What uh, do you feel that you've been called to your journey? Absolutely. I had been praying for the answer (laughs) to my calling. And then when my eight-year-old pointed out to me, hello, mom, you know, G-O-D, it's right in there. And, you know, not everybody needs that, but I really needed that validation because I, as confident as I was in my job, my 20-year career, and all that I learned and the skills, I was so confident. But it's much like anything, when you're doing something new, Sometimes your confidence kind of goes down the tube, your self-esteem kind of gets nicked a little bit and you're not feeling as uh, capable as when you're learning something new, but that just makes sense. That's same with our kids. Um, And so, uh, you know, I, I know I was called, I am called to do the work that I do. Um, And now 10 years into the business, um, learning the hard way, I've learned that it's not enough to try to do it on my own. I do need to get some help and support in areas that aren't, you know, in my wheelhouse or aren't my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's wonderful. Um, I'm really pleased that you are also working with parents. Um, because when you work with the parent and that child grows up and he is learning these effective skills as he is growing or she is growing, then, you know, you're changing generations here. You're changing the household currently, but it's far outreaching. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And the fun thing about no problem parenting is that it's a mindset shift and it works in any relationship. So yes, I focus on the parent-child relationship, but the model actually helps you with your relationships with your colleagues, with your extended family or friends. Um, It's really going to help you kind of put resistance and defense to the side and, uh, and not engage in problems that you don't need to engage in. In fact, you know, right in the word, uh, the definition of the word problem, it says that problems are meant to be, it's a matter or situation. That's a matter or situation that is, um, unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. And so that's what we do here at no problem parenting. We take a problem and we say, okay, What do we need to do to deal with and overcome this problem rather than feed the problem, put a bunch of emotion into the problem, which only ends up creating more problems, more problems. Yes. Um, Here's something a little funny, and uh, I don't know if you're, you have experienced this or parents that you counsel have experienced this, but as my children began to grow, they started using my skills against me and they started giving me, you know, uh, sort of, uh, well, you can do this, you can do this. And, you know, this is what's going to happen, but it would have, uh, how it would affect them and how they'd benefit. 
And uh, I was thinking, boy, you know, it it is very effective. Parenting is very effective, especially when they start using it on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I always say that's a really good, uh, a, a good uh, reminder for everybody too, Rhonda, is that rather than you saying uh, they're using it against me, it use only do the techniques and the things that you expect and hope for your child to get, you know, to give back to you as you grow. So, um, you know, it's like kids that spank or p- parents that spank or, you know, really what you're teaching your kid is you're saying to them, they can't hit but you're spanking them. And Mm -hmm. so the message you're sending is when you're an adult, you can hit, but when you're a kid, it's not acceptable. I mean, what kind of a message is that, right? There Mm -hmm. are other ways, uh, more effective ways uh, that we can parent our kiddos. I certainly don't want my kiddo to be an adult and then come and smack me because I've, you know, done something (laughs) he didn't approve of. Right. It just sounds silly when you say it, when you think of it that way, but yeah. I had a friend of mine who was raising funds uh, for uh, bikes uh, for South Africa and raising funds. They uh, were actually riding bikes and it was, oh, it, it just took a month for them to do this. And they would go through some pretty harsh uh, areas. And this one area that my friend went through the children were standing out on the road throwing stones at the bikers that were going by Mm -hmm. what was curious is that mom saw them went out to the road and started throwing stones at the children who were showing throwing stones at the bikers going by so Mm -hmm. that's exactly what children do is what they see yeah yeah right yeah they they role model uh and 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 then just naturally, if you're a yeller, as your kid grows, you're going to be a yeller. I know better than to fly off the handle and yell. It was modeled for me growing up to some degree. And so it's natural, but it's okay. I'm at, no problem. Parenting doesn't say, oh, you can never yell at your kids. You can never fly off the handle. You can never be human, you know, <laughs> or no, have no. stressful moments. No. But what we do when we do make a mistake like that, or we do something that later on, we're like, why did I respond that way? Or why did I, why was I out there throwing rocks at the kids? Yeah. We can go to our kids and make it right. And I have a special free download on my website. If you sign up for my newsletter, you're mm-hmm. going to get the make it right technique, which is a much more effective um, way of apologizing than just saying, I'm sorry. So um, that's kind of a helpful, helpful thing. And it works in every relationship, kids and adults. Yes, of course. Well, thank you very much for sharing all the information that you did, and especially all the signs uh, that you recognized when you were asking, 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 what should you do? Should you do it? getting the signs and still questioning it because it's human nature. I find that uh, we sometimes we want it uh, bigger than the owl, bigger than the goldfinch, bigger than the blue jay, whatever it is, in order for us to believe that we're on the right path. So I really appreciate that. And I think that our listening audience are going to say, geez, you know, I've been asking about something for a long time and I've seen signs and I didn't make the connection or I did make the connection, but I still don't believe in myself. And so you've offered people a really great um, spiritual message here that I really appreciate. So thank you so much, Jackie, for being on my show. 
Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I will say I do a presentation called Mrs. Overdo It. How's that working for you? And I talk about all the signs. You heard the three key ones today, but there were snakes. There were changing the toilet paper roll at every gas station on my, you know, 300 mile journey for the day. Yes. You know, there, there were stop signs there. It's not always pretty, right? No. It's not always inspirational, but it's it really, it's those things that stop you in your tracks and make you go, God, what? Or, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. You know, yes. the things that really cause you to pause and be curious, pay attention to those. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I really appreciate you having me on the show, Rhonda. Thank you. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend, John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rhondagrantauthor.com. That's rhondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.